Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, before we do get in the sermon, you're like, you already said that. Uh, just want to let you guys know what's going on today. So we have been doing a series going through some Pauline letters. Uh, Galatians, we finished Galatians a few weeks ago. We, dive, we dove into Ephesians. And um, today I wanted to take a little bit of a pause, a little bit of a break. I will talk a little bit about Ephesians 3, but I'm not going as in-depth as I usually do with each chapter. Um, But what I actually want to do is revisit a message I shared with a different congregation almost a year ago. Um, And it connects with the work that I do at the grocery store here in town. And so I felt like this was a good time to share this message. And as you can see, the title of the sermon is Perishable. And there's a lot of scriptures there. Some of them uh, are are, uh, follow along in your bulletin, but just wanted to give you a heads up. You're probably going to be familiar with this first one as we, we begin, but uh, let's, uh, let's start with just a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, guide us as we dive into your word, as we understand what you're doing through this and these passages, guide our hearts and motivate us to serve you. Help us not to push off a job that you have called us to do and say somebody else is going to do that. That's somebody else's job. No, it is our job because you have called us to that. What is that job? Perhaps you'll help us understand that by the end of this message. We'll see. Heavenly Father, we thank you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, well, our our key passage, it may be very familiar. Maybe you've memorized it in a different version. That's okay. I'm gonna read it from the NIV. It is John chapter three, verse 16. Now, I was like, was this the crutch passage, Pastor? Come on. No, it is one of the greatest passages of all time. In the whole of this chapter, I'd love to just preach through it, but I give us some context here in a moment. But John 3.16, of course, says this. I'm in the wrong book. <laughs> it does not say I'm in the wrong book. It says, for God's... Yeah, I'm in Ephesians 3. That's where I bookmark my Bible but I actually have a different bookmark in here. I'm the strangest pastor. I use Monopoly money as bookmarks in my Bible. I meant to use them as a sermon illustration one day. My kids are wondering why I have a stack of 20s sitting on my my office desk. And I'm like, well, I meant to use it as a sermon illustration. It never made its way over to the church. So maybe we'll uh, have another opportunity for that. But here we go. The most memorized scripture, and I couldn't even find it in the Bible. Here we go. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And we'll stop right there, but we'll talk a little bit more about this passage and others here very shortly. I hope you ate before you came because I'm about to talk about food. What kind of food? This kind of food. Yogurt. Eggs butter, milk, tortillas. When you think of those words and those things, what do they all have in common? Well, of course, they're all edible, if you like that kind of thing. But they also are a thing that is included in a sub-department of the grocery store that I work in, and that sub-department is called perishable. That's a, that's a technical business term for perishable. Some people refer to it as the dairy department, but there's so many more things than dairy. Perishable. Perishable. Now, strictly speaking, everything in the store is perishable. <laughs> Even the shelves, I would suppose. But because everything has an ability to perish. But 
certain items have longer shelf lives. For instance, things in the pantry aisle, like canned goods, can have a year or two on them. Chip aisle, maybe three or six months, but perishable, perishable items, most are just two to six weeks. Now, this got me thinking about this verse from the gospel according to John. Jesus is explaining spiritual things to a very spiritual Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is not exactly following what Jesus is saying. Jesus speaks of eternal life, healing coming from an uplifted son, uh, of the uplifted son of man back in verses 14 through 15. If you have your Bible open, you can see that there. And then, and then Jesus takes these following verses and explains the why and he explains the how. How is all of this? Why is all of this happening? And how is this all going to work out? Why did God send his son? The answer is simple. Because God so loved the world. And how does this all work out? Well, you believe in the son and you'll not perish. And whether we'd like to admit it or not, we all have an expiration date, don't we? Don't we? I, when I shared this um, with a different church, they all chuckled there. So don't feel any pressure, but I just threw that out there. We all have an expiration date. There will be a day when we will draw our last breath or the other option. You may have heard of it. Jesus comes back before you die and the dead in Christ rise first. Then we're caught up in the air and you can find more on that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, key passage being seven, verse 17. Now, all of that to say our time, will come, our time will come one way or another. And when I'm working in the perishable part of the grocery store, I'll pick up an item on the front of the shelf, just like any customer. I'll look at it and I'll look to see its expiration date. You see, I, had, I developed this system in which I'll look at it and I'll say, oh, does this expire within four days? And if it does, I'll get a, a sticker gun, a label gun, uh, so to speak. I'll, I'll change the numbers on it and I'll mark the price down on that product so that it'll sell quicker. Because I want it to sell before the end of its expiration date. Why? I can't sell it otherwise. If it expires, I have to take it off the shelf. Sometimes I don't get to those items before they expire. And one day I stumbled upon a great number of items that had spoiled out. And I needed to make a record of them and give them to staff or to the food pantry or throw them away, depending on how long it's been since they expired. The very concept of this made me stop and think about our personal expiration dates. The time for you and me is shorter on this earth, think about this, than it was yesterday. Our time is shorter than it was yesterday. It seems depressing, but for the Christian, we have the hope of the resurrection and the promise of eternal life with Jesus, with Christ. Now you might think, well, that's a good thing that I do have Christ. I'm, I'm serving and loving Christ, but it's great that I have my eternity all planned out in the no smoking section, right? But this should also motivate us, not just chill and rest in our laurels, 
It should motivate us. There are tons of people that we meet every day who do not know or love Jesus. And they are not serving him. They're not fully surrendered. Excuse me. I tell you, there is something in the air and I'm gonna try to work on it if I can. You see, I wanna take this one step further. And this is the part where I've revisited this message here and it ties in, what I'm about to say, ties into where we're at in Galatians and Ephesians. You see, because we've been studying those Pauline epistles, those letters from the Apostle Paul. A couple weeks ago, we started with Ephesians and even though we're not specifically studying it today, here's a, here's a thought I have from some specific verses in chapter three. You see, we talk about the children of Israel. And all throughout the Old Testament, it seems that they were the only ones, seemed like there was this mindset that they were the only ones that God intended to include, to draw to himself. And certainly we see that mindset displayed in the New Testament, maybe not by Jesus and his disciples, of course, but you see it by the Jews, the priests, the teachers, the law, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then Paul talks in Ephesians 3, 4 through 6 about this. He says, in reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been made, now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of promise in Christ Jesus. You see, before this message, before the revelation to Paul and the other apostles and prophets in the New Testament, before all of that, for the Gentiles to feel or be included, they had to convert to Judaism in order to be accepted into that community and to share in the promise of the children of Israel. Well, we learned back in Galatians, however, when Paul was talking about this, and Galatians, if, just for context, Ephesians was written much later. Galatians was an earlier letter for Paul, early days. And Paul wrote to the Galatians, a talks about this very topic, about circumcision not meaning anything. This, this was that idea that the Gentiles had to be circumcised. They had to go the whole way in order to become a Jew or be part of that group so that they could be, they could be with them. And, and what Paul's saying is it, that process of circumcision did not graft the Gentiles into the promise like they supposed. It made them slaves to the law just like any of the other Jews. They were putting their faith and their hope in that process, in that religiousness, rather than God. They put their faith in the wrong thing. And Paul says here, it's not circumcision, but that through the gospel, the Gentiles <coughs> are heirs together with Israel. And perhaps some people missed out on the following verses from Genesis. I'm about to share with you. But God told Abraham all about the blessing for the whole wide world a long time ago. First book of the Bible in Genesis. And I want to share a few of these passages with you. Genesis 12, 3. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
and God taking, talking to himself before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah reflects about this blessing once again. And he says in Genesis 18, 18, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. And then again, right after Abraham attempts to sacrifice his son and God stops him, Genesis twenty two fifteen through 18 says, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from, the heaven, from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Paul says in Ephesians, these things were hidden, but it seems, it seems that they were hidden in plain sight. From the very beginning, from the very book of Genesis, they were hidden in plain sight. I want to apply this to us today. If you are a Christian, please don't rest on your laurels. Oh, I know where I'm going. That's just good, good for me. I'm gonna to go to church every Sunday. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna read my Bible. But you've gotta do not to earn, but because God is in you, because his Holy Spirit, you can't just rest on your laurels. See, there are people out there that are expiring without being saved, without knowing Jesus, without being shaped and changed by him. Do you think God loves the pre-Christian less than the Christian? Certainly not. We must live in such a way that shows the grace of God, the desire of God to have everyone come to him through faith in Jesus Christ. We've got to live in such a way that shows that. So my question to you and to myself What are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about this? I have a challenge for us this week, a challenge. You have three options. You can pick whichever you want. It's in the bulletin right there. Option one, pray for one person specifically and be open to share the good news with them as God gives you opportunity. Pray for one person and be open. Option two, invite one person to come to church next Sunday. Invite. Or option three, both. All of the above, if you'd like. Uh, Remember, people, check this out, are a precious commodity. There's no one else like you on this whole earth. And there's a lot of people. And Jesus died to purchase our salvation. We shouldn't just slap a discount sticker on on something, on someone that's going bad and leave them to their perceived eternal hot destiny. There's still hope for them. You and I can introduce them to that hope. I find some of the people that find their way onto my prayer list, it's because I'm having some sort of uncomfortable conflict with them. And it's not, I, I stop praying that the conflict goes away. I stop praying that, that the symptom stops being there and I start praying for that person, for their heart, that they would get to know God. 
that God would get a hold of them and change their life. Not so that my life with that person would be easier, but that they can come to know faith in Jesus Christ and be saved. And when I pray for that, I'll just share this with you. It's not my notes. The other stuff takes care of itself. Either it really wasn't that big of a deal, that conflict wasn't all that important, or, oh my goodness, I wish I would have known sooner. Well, of course, let's talk. That's been my experience. I don't know about you. If you've prayed for somebody to come to know Christ, that that God would bring healing into their life because they're broken. And usually broken people like to break other people so they don't feel so alone. And those things cause conflict. That's been my experience in life. And like I said, that's why I have the people on my prayer list that I have. And when I pray for them, and God puts that on me, that other stuff takes care of itself. Friends, we need to reach people with the good news that God doesn't want those people, doesn't want any of us to perish. That if they come to him, they can have everlasting life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your plan of salvation. The great rescue. We dig ourselves a big hole and we think we can dig our way out of it too. And it just makes the hole deeper. We need somebody to reach down and pull us out of that hole. Thank you, Jesus, for coming down to pull us out of that hole. And it's not just us who are here on a, in a church on Sunday. It's not just all the other folks who are in their own respected churches on Sunday. It is all the folks on the whole entire world. Whether we even speak English or don't speak English, you don't care. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You don't want us to perish, Jesus. We need to turn from our sins and turn to you. And so we pray today, put somebody on our heart this week, whether it be to pray for them, whether it be that we get an opportunity to invite them to our church or both. This we pray in your holy and precious name. Amen. You're dismissed. Go in peace.